everyone and welcome to another edition of the Mac and Forth Show. My name's Cole Madden and we're here once again to talk about the week's Apple and tech-related news. And joining me, as ever, on this week before WWDC, Alan Vickers. How are you, sir? I'm very well, Carl, thanks. I'm, I'm very uh, excited in anticipation of what we're going to hear about on <laughs> Monday. <laughs> oh, are we sad? Because we're getting excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, everyone has different uh, interests, don't they? This just happens to be ours. So, fair enough. This is true. Proud. This is true. Wear it proud. Wear it proud. <laughs> we're proud and loud. Yes. <laughs> uh, also joined us this week, but he's soon to be heading off to, where is it, San Jose? San Jose. That's yeah, right. Dean Murphy. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm doing well. Just stressing out over all the packing and washing I need to get done within the next couple of days. But um, I'll get there, I'm sure. Well, at least you can take your electronic gear on, on the plane now. Yeah, but I don't know if I can bring it back. <laughs> because they're, um, the Department of Craziness in America have uh, announced they're considering banning um, any electronics other than a phone or a phone-sized object yeah. on outgoing f- on departing flights from America. So yeah. I know I can take my laptop in, but I don't know if I can take it back out without putting it into the, uh, <laughs> putting it into the hold luggage, which I'm not too keen on. Well, there'll, there'll be new ones to buy when you get back anyway. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. that's my thinking. What do you care? You make so much money, just leave it in the airport. Ugh, who cares? <laughs> Give it to some poor oik sitting there with a Windows machine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, been up to anything? Alan, did you sort out your uh, issues with your battery, both on your phone and on your watch? I did, actually. I had a really good time over that. Um the simple thing with the watch, it was an IT crowd special. I just turned it off and on again. <laughs> um, and I, I, on a serious note, I think I think that is something I'm going to have to get used to doing after every update because I've noticed a, a bit of a pattern over the past couple of years when you get an iOS update to whatever device you're talking about. Um, it all sort of works okay-ish when it comes back alive, but there's always some little niggly little thing that isn't quite right and hasn't initialised properly. And in, in my case this time with my watch, there was something affecting battery life and a simple power down, power up sorted it. On my Mac, it's typically things like um, wake on LAN fails to work, so my Apple TV can't wake up the iTunes to sort of stream my media and stuff. Little things like that where mm. after the update, you just have to power it down, power it back up again. It only takes an extra minute, doesn't it? And you've already waited half an hour for the update anyway. So I'm going to make sure i do that in future so that was nice and simple but my iphone battery issues yeah that's uh, completely fixed um under one of those warranty schemes that apple does because i've got one of those iphone 6s that is um covered by um one of those warranties because uh, i think they expose the battery to the air for too long during manufacture in a certain serial number range and mine falls within that range so i booked a slot at the norwich apple store on last friday and uh, I could only get a late afternoon slot, so I was a bit concerned about that because I didn't know how long it takes to change a battery and how long they'd make me wait and whether I'd get my train back and all that. But anyway, I, I got there um, sort of early morning on the train in Norwich, went to the Apple Store anyway, like you do. That was my priority. I had a, had a bit of a look around, and then I thought, I'll oh, chance my arm. So I just said to one of the genius people, you know, I've got an appointment for this afternoon, but I just wondered if there's any chance of getting me fitted in earlier. And she said, um, yeah, um, if you wait, we'll probably be able to see you in about 10 minutes. So <laughs> result, and that was about half past 10 in the morning. So she came and did all that um, remote diagnosis stuff they could do over Wi-Fi now. She had this little device in her hand. She checked out my phone and everything checked out um, in terms of working normally, apart from the battery. She said she could see a, a problem with the um, the battery stats and all that. So it was great. So she said, we'll come back in an hour and we'll have it sorted out for you. So I came back and... Um, 
Yeah, it's uh, all done. The the new battery was in there, charged up to about 80% or so. They, they lent me a charger so I could charge it up to 100% because I'm a bit OCD about that. I, I sat it in the corner of the shop and let it charge while I looked around at other stuff. And then since then, it's been fantastic. So every evening I'm, I get to the end of a day and I've got like 30% left. And I was getting you know closer to the wire every day beforehand. So yeah, really, really happy about the whole experience and the fact that my sort of two and a bit year old phone is... Uh, has now got a brand new battery and operating at peak performance so i'm really really happy see that's the experience we expect in an <laughs> apple store that's the that's the experience i've always got as well yeah um i know i know we hear horror stories every now and again you get some poor customer doesn't get the surface they want or or you know they don't get it filled out the way they they expect it but no i've never had an issue no, it was really top class. And when you sit at one of those um, wooden tables while you're waiting to be done or, or in the middle of being done by one of the the geniuses that's dealing with you, there's other people on the same table getting their things done. And it was interesting to see that as well. And by far the most common thing that I saw, I was hanging around the, the store on and off for most of the day, really, was, um, as you might expect, cracked, uh, cracked screens on lurking. Yeah, I was lurking. But people come in with these cracked screens on, like, iPhone 7Ss and, sorry, 7 Pluses and so on. And... Um, a lot of the people have got um, Apple Care Plus, which is interesting, isn't it? And uh, so they're paying for that. A lot, you know, a lot of like ordinary people are paying for the for the cover, and they're getting. Um, one person was getting this done for the first time, and they were explaining to him that he could have it two done within the terms of the the insurance sort of thing. Someone else was on their second replacement, and they had to pay a little bit more, I think, for oh. that. But um, yeah, it was interesting how how they were being dealt with, and people just seem so so happy with the service they get for that Apple Care Plus. I, personally, I've never bought Apple Care for anything. I don't think. Um, oh, but, but but then again, I take care of my devices. But because when she inspected my phone, as they do, they looked at it front back all around every edge and made a little note of its condition. And she basically said, "This is like as new." So because it is, it's, it's perfect. My my iPhone, apart from it had a dodgy battery inside it, and it doesn't anymore. So great stuff. Good stuff. Did you see um, today at Apple in play anywhere in that store? I did, yeah, yeah. Because when I said I hung around the shop most of the day, that was what I was doing, really. I was just curious about how those sessions would be because I'd seen the video, you know, that with the nice music and everybody whooping and hollering and getting all excited. And it's a bit different in reality. Certainly in um, in a small city like Norwich it is anyway because when you walk into the, the, the Norwich Apple store, it's one of those stores that's like a, just a huge, big sort of rectangular floor space it's got yep. three three columns of tables as you walk in and they're about five deep so and there's a couple of columns getting in the way so i reckon there's about 12 tables in there in total one of those tables has been turned over to today at apple it's dedicated to that it's at the far end of the store at the on the left hand side at the back and um it's got a big telly on it which it just runs a rolling um sort of uh Pay, uh, keynote uh, display of what's on next so it's the timetable basically just saying what, okay. what you can see you know next is uh, ipad basics or whatever um they've got a little um beats pill speaker in the middle of the table and the, the guys that do the presentations have a little headset on and they but they, they don't have it turned up very very loud so it's uh i mean it's it's, it's a table for about eight people if it was a dining table it'd be for about eight people so i'm sure they don't need any amplification at that sort of level really it was a bit of a waste of time but um the main thing, which was interesting, was that you could have put tumbleweed on the table because nobody was going to the sessions. So uh, I think the first one, uh, when I turned up, it should have already started. There was one called Basics iPhone and iPad Intermediate. And they were going to show you sort of hints and tips about getting the most out of your iOS devices, I, I expect. 
but nobody was there. Nobody, presumably nobody had signed up for it, because on the telly it says, you know, this session's coming up, sign up online, that's what it says. But I, I really think they need to perhaps rethink that and just try to whip up people who are ha- who happen to be there who don't previously know about today at Apple, because it's only a few days old, isn't it? No one knows about it, so no one's going to be booking these sessions yet. But he, if he'd have started talking and giving tips about iOS and how to get the votes out of your iPhone, he would have drawn a crowd like a market trader or something, you know. But he didn't. He, he just stood there. He stood there for a bit. Nobody turned up. And then he, he took his headset off and walked away. So that was Aww. that was weird. Then there was one about using the Mac with visual impairment. So yeah. that would have been quite interesting to see with all the great accessibility stuff they build in. But again, nobody had booked that, so that didn't go ahead. Um, then there was these things called studio hours. I didn't quite get the flavour of what they're supposed to be, whether they're dedicated to you and your project. I think you're supposed to bring in a project you're working on, some creative thing, and they, they yeah. give you consultative help on it, I think. Uh, I didn't really see that happening. I don't know if anyone turned up during that hour or not. But the one that did work, just to get onto positive stuff, was one I saw, which was how to edit video on a Mac. And um, they were using um, iMovie, and uh, the guy that was there with his headset, there were three people at the table, students, as it were, listening to him and learning. He, everyone had a had a MacBook Pro, which I think were given by the store. Um, but then, uh, as I watched for a bit, it turned out that only one of those three was an actual punter. Uh, the other two were, were geniuses <laughs> from the store. I don't think they were just, you know, making it look good, filling up the numbers. I think they were genuinely learning because there was a lot of training going on, I noticed, throughout the whole of the shop. They were constantly taking things off the shelf, like, you know, health accessories, things like um, a blood pressure monitor, and they were all being trained on how to use it. There's a lot of training that seems to go on all the time. But anyway, yeah. this session about iMovie, it was, it was great. They covered all the, the basic stuff, but there was um, a lot of hints and tips that this, this one genuine guy who was there to learn uh, was completely unaware of, simple stuff that, that we would know about. But things like um, you know setting in and out points on your media and then marking it as favourite and then looking at just your favourites and dragging them down to the timeline. Um, and things like having... Um, cutaway clips on your timeline above the main story sort of thing uh-huh. and then being able to detach the audio and these were like getting gasps from the guy he was amazed <laughs> he was writing lots of notes and stuff so that uh, was really well done actually it was a good session and uh, you know if, if they all if they're all as good as that then i, th- I still think this is a brilliant initiative I re- i've got high hopes for it but they need to do something about raising awareness on the day and just drawing a crowd on the day otherwise they're gonna you know, look a bit sort yeah. of stillborn really I got to imagine, well, it depends what location you're in, but I got to imagine most weekday, especially like midday, early day ones are always going to be hard to fill. Uh, yes. Maybe the weekend ones. Uh, whenever I've gone and so- seen one in on a weekend session, they're normally quiet. There's normally a few people around that table. Yeah. But, uh, yeah I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get, drag, as I said last week, try to drag my dad, stepdad along. Yeah. To one of the video ones, just to see, because he's a, he's too nervous to go on his own. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I want to go. Oh yeah, I know all that. I know all that. I'll take yeah, I mean, I'm sure you get a lot from it. Uh, they do, they do photo walks as well. You know, you were talking about photo walks yeah. the other day. They do those again. So, but that that wasn't on the, the Friday I was there. If I'd have gone no. on the Saturday, I could have gone on one. Yeah, you got to catch the right days. Mm. That's good. Good. Well, okay. Well, hands-on experience. There you go. Early mm. days, but. It's good that they're doing it. I, I must be embarrassing though. You've got a session set up and no one shows. Yeah, but, yeah uh, that's right. What if they just, oh, I can go back and have a coffee now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Uh, what else? Dean, you been up to anything? PS4, I see on your notes here, actually, strangely enough. Yeah, I bought a PlayStation 4 over the weekend. Bank holiday weekend. I saw a good deal. I've been looking at getting one for a while. Um, but I'm not just bragging. <laughs> 
I just, oh, yeah, you there, are. <laughs> there is a way to tie, tie it into the show. Um, Sony have released what's called uh, the PS4 Remote Play app, and it's on PC and Mac. And what it lets you do is basically anywhere in the world, I've only tried it from my bedroom, is stream the video from your or stream from your PS4 to your Mac. Mm-mm. So I just plug my controller into the Mac, um, open the app, and it connects to my PS4, and I've got all the menu, and it's... I can't work out how to switch discs remotely, so I need to actually go down <laughs> and put the right disc in. Shout. <laughs> Shout, yeah. Or um, maybe get start a digital collection rather than a physical collection. I can see that's where it um, yeah. where that's where that's it would uh, benefit more. But um, no, it's pretty good. It streams at 1080p and 60 frames per second, so that's like really fast, really smooth, good looking, looks great on the Mac. So it's quite a good way of uh, playing games on the Mac. Yeah. yeah, without taxing the system either, because it's not using any, on any of the uh, onboard graphics or anything to, uh, you know, show this high fidelity games. So um, no, I was quite impressed with that. Hmm. Oh dear, mine was really boring. Now all I've done is do a new setup of a desk. That's all I've done. <laughs> Tidied up my room. That's that's you all living like Alan's off visiting the the paradise that is Norwich. Then <laughs> <laughs> he's got his PS4. And I got a new flipping desk. But I did learn one thing resetting up all my entire system again, we can now have a guest on every week, if we so wish. Well, an additional guest, who, who has always actually been there in the background now I think about it. But now we can, we can invite her onto the show. So I can say, hey, hey, Duda, when's WWDC? Apple's 28th Annual Worldwide Developers Conference, WWDC, will be held at the McHenry Convention Center in San Jose, California, from the 5th to the 9th of June 2017. There you go. We've actually got Siri live on the show. Any question now we have to ask, we have, you know, need to ask it or try it out. I no longer have to hold my phone up to the flipping mic like all the other folks out there. Yeah, got it. Be able to do uh, real-time fact-checking, won't we? Yeah, and we'll see how often it gets it wrong as well. <laughs> <laughs> so before we actually get onto our wish list for WWDC, there's a few other stories that caught my eye this week. So IKEA is a so IKEA bought out a range of light bulbs, which were fairly cheap, smart bulbs, but and they come with a little controller that you turn, which is a really weird way of turning and dimming stuff. But it's like a little disc, and you just turn the disc, and that's what controls the the brightness of the of of the of the light bulb. But later this year, they have come. They've issued a press release saying that they're going to create a hub, basically a smart hub, uh, which will, they'll be able to contact all their bulbs, and it will be compatible with HomeKit. Echo and Google Home as well, mm-hmm. and I haven't said how much this this actual bridge will be, but the bulbs are currently at fifteen quid, and it'll be a fantastic way for anyone to get into smart automation. Um, you know, especially hopefully we're going to see some HomeKit stuff at WWDC anyway, mm-hmm. um, and it'll be good because you know because I think Philips Hue lights were about fifty quid ago, but fifteen quid is fantastic. Yeah, these are all what? Um, are they are they uh, color changing lights or just white ones? Or, or I think I think they're just the white ones at the moment. Uh-huh. I don't. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean you can check it. They do some other more expensive bulbs. That's they're the color ones. Yeah. But, but just just lighting alone <laughs> for yeah. that kind of money, the fact that you could like do more than fifty quid, like and get three of these for normally what you can get a, a Philips one. Yeah, it's, it seems these companies um, have latched onto the idea now that they can get around. Um, HomeKit compatibility by building a bridge, isn't it? So they only have to put the presumably the you know the special secure chip and stuff into the bridge itself. And mm. what do they do from then on? Do they create their own Wi-Fi network within your home to talk to the to, to the other bits? 
Well, I think this is very similar to what Phillips did with their bridge mm. because their bowls weren't secure enough initially because they come out and obviously they want to make everyone go and retro buy all yeah. their flipping bulbs at that exorbitant price. So like you say, they created a second hub, a second bridge. Yeah. And that had, as you say, all the secure stuff in it, which Apple requires. And that's how they got around the, around the issue. And also, strangely enough, Wemo have come out as well because they produced the cheap uh, switches and things like this. And they're also going to, later this year, produce a HomeKit compatible bridge as well. And yeah. that's how you're going to be able to retrofit it to all your Remo kit as well if you've gone out and, and bought some of that. Yeah, I've got a, a tiny amount of Wemo stuff, but so that would be interesting to see. But then again, the, the, the current Wemo things, like the switch that I've got and the motion sensor and things like that, they they do talk to the internet themselves, don't they? Because they get their own firmware mm. updates. Yeah. So uh, I, w- I wonder if that'll have to change it to fit in with the HomeKit secure environment. Because if a Wemo bridge is connected to your router over Ethernet, say, and it's got the secure chip inside it, then that bit's fine. Uh, and if it can generate its own secure Wi-Fi network to the other bits of Wemo gear in your house, well, that's great as well. But if they're still capable of contacting the internet themselves, I wonder if that would be allowed under. Well, no, I, I doubt. One, I, I'm sure once they team up, once they link to the bridge, that'll be mm. that'll be their gateway from then on. Yeah, know. yeah, good. Ah. But uh, yeah. have you got into HomeKit yet, Dean? Um, only with Philips Hue. I've got yes. I've got a three I bought this I've got a starter kit for Christmas off of uh off of my wife so I've got three bulbs two in the kitchen one in the living room and um it's pretty great but I just can't bring myself to pay the whatever it would cost to have every single bulb in the house refitted <laughs> no it's a, it's a, the daunting challenge it's, the trick is to do like one a month or something yeah but I, I do love the um the way Apple's HomeKit app works where um like if you're going away, you can just schedule the lights to turn on and off at you know convenient times. Turn on at night to make it look like there's someone in there in your mm. house, or whatever. That's that's really good. And and my kids love the. Uh, I've downloaded an app where it flashes them like party lights and just changes mm-hmm. the color, so it looks like a big giant disco in in my whole downstairs. So um, my kids like like that every so often. Yeah, I use um I use IFTTT with my Wemo stuff to do that that uh, holiday mode. I set up a few triggers on IFTC that go off at various times of the day, of the evening or night, uh, with a, a randomness associated with them as well. And um, yeah, they turn those lights on and off while I'm while I'm away. It's quite works quite well. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, it's good. I, I, I mean, I'm getting into more home automation. I just wish it wasn't so darn expensive. But now the prices are coming down. That's good, and it will open it up to more people. And that means that how I'm thinking about it, I'm going to get more phone calls about how to set things up. Hang on, this might not be such a good idea. <laughs> yeah, thinking about this. Yeah. I think the big thing to get proper adoption with ordinary people. I, th- I think they've got to crack this problem of changing the light switches as well in your house because not everybody is going to be bothered picking up a phone or an iPad no. or, or talking out to the air to Siri or whatever. You, you can, you've got to be sure that when you flick an actual physical switch next to your door, yes. like now, that that does indeed turn it off and tells the rest of the system that it's now off. It's all got to be synchronised. Fortunately, I've got my I've got my folks trained. They now use uh, the Amazon Echo to turn off all the light. Uh-huh. So, sorted that one. Thank all for that. <laughs> uh, now, if you're out there and you want to get into podcasting, and you you've 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 tried before, and you've been running into the technical issues about how you get Skype and 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 mix minus and all this other nonsense going on, the Podfather Pod himself, Adam Curry, has put together. He's often talked about Podcaster Pro. And he's put it up on Indiegogo. And if you wish to go and pop over there and, and help him fund it, 
he's going to produce this thing called the Podcaster Pro. And he's got a little video on there. I'll just play his little video. When podcasting was just getting off the ground, more than 10 years ago at this point, I went on a personal mission to ensure that you could really do this whole thing, a show, a podcast, a radio show on the internet from your laptop. The problem is the technology hadn't caught up to what we need to do to be able to listen to it in real time. We have an entire generation of podcasters who put their processing on after they've already recorded the show, where not only is it easier, but much better when you can hear the processing as you're recording it live. That's only available now because of the unique digital signal processing that we can provide in real time with the podcast studio. So there you go. He's got a whole little piece about his little box that he's built. And it looks quite sniff, uh, spiffy, i got to say. If I was still using Skype, I'd be very, very interested in, in mm. purchasing one of these things. But fortunately, I've moved on. Thank God. So I don't have to, I have to, don't have, I don't have, to have any of those hassles of Skype anymore. It's fantastic. But uh, yeah, if you want to, you know, fund it, I'll, I'll put a link on, on on the show description over on Indiegogo. He needs some funding. He's currently up to fifty seven thousand six hundred sixty five dollars, and he's he's going for a five hundred thousand mm-hmm. uh, goal. So uh, yeah, good. It doesn't say anything not- about um, iOS compatibility, does it? So I think it's going to be no. PC or Mac only, I guess. Yeah, it, it's, it'll always be at the moment as things stand until unless Apple do something with the iPad Pro, which yeah, yeah. don't hold your breath, but you never know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's always going to be Mac or PC, but uh, but yeah, that's right, that's good. And it's a nice little box, and you can just put in a couple of XLL mics, and it's all got all the presets built in, and the preamps built in, and the noise gate, and the mix minus, and the oh, voice process. It's a lovely little looking box, yeah. about four hundred dollars, I think, but. But if I was doing it the old way, I'd be very interested. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not, unfortunately. But anyway, right, without any more ado, WWDC next week kicks off. Keynote is on Monday, 6 o'clock UK time. Uh, I think it's 10 o'clock Eastern. Never eats. Yeah, no, West. It's sometime at 10 o'clock in America. <laughs> Ask Siri, she'll I, tell you. <laughs> yeah. 10, a, oh, 10 a.m. Pacific. Right, there you go. Pacific time. So the West side. The West Coast. Uh, yeah, and so Tim Cook's going to take the stage and he's going to lay out basically what Apple is planning to do for the next 12 months. This is basically, they will, we'll, we'll probably, we won't get no new phones. We might get iPads, but let's just go through our wish list. Now, this is, we are not claiming to be experts here. This is just what we'd like to see on the various platforms and, and, you know, OSs that Apple produces. <clears throat> so now I did ask you guys to send in your suggestions and not one of you. Yeah, <laughs> sent anything in. So thanks for that. Oh, I didn't Great realize you wanted them sent in. I've got a list here. It's, long, yeah. it's as long as you're out. No, 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 not you guys. I'm talking about the listeners. Oh, didn't right. send one in. <laughs> one. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, so let's let's kick off with Watch OS. So we'll just pull one each from. We we'll just go around uh, and and ask each of you what what you want to see. So let's start off with Alan, since you're another official watch yeah user well I, I thought long and hard about this and i'm pretty satisfied with watch os 3 and uh i really can't think of any particular function that i'd want to see improve it really isn't going to work if you just say that for <laughs> a single thing no i mean i'd be really happy if if um watch os 4 came out or even just another point release on watch watch os 3 that's um just improved the battery life even more i think that would be mm-hmm. that's all i crave really it's a at the moment the software works really well for me. I don't, don't really need much change on it, to be honest. It's all about power with you, isn't it? You're a power maniac. <laughs> yeah. Give me power! 
<laughs> I suppose I, I could um, I could ask for uh, better support for Siri. You know, wider wider vocabulary, wider support for talking back to your other devices as well via your watch over Siri, perhaps. Okay, Dean, is that your only one? Um, well, yeah, that was pretty much it. But I bet I bet they come out with. Um, <laughs> I bet they come out with a, another health app of some sort. You remember last year we had that um, that funny breathe app, which I've stopped using actually just recently, but I did used to use that a couple of times a day. Yeah. And it actually is quite relaxing, isn't it, watching that little uh, thing, pulsing thing go up and down. It's quite nice. I think you're mad when you do it on the bus, though. <laughs> yeah. Just, what's that guy doing? He's breathing heavily. Uh-oh, he's one of them. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, Dean, have you got anything? Are you still mm. wearing yours? Have you put it back on your wrist now? I found it. It hey. was in my backpack, wrapped in tissue paper, so it wouldn't get scratched or cracked or anything. Used from um, from a few months ago. So I got it out, charged it up, updated it to the latest OS, and I haven't put it on yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm not really a big watch user, so I can't really think of much to add to the watch. Um, looking at what happened last year, it was mainly focused on fitness and health. Um, I wonder if them themes will carry over to this year. But um, as a developer, one thing I'd like to see is the ability to make custom watch faces. Oh, that's my top one on my list. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Um, Yeah, just uh, I'm not sure how exactly it would work. I mean, I can imagine like Disney bringing out their range of, you know, for every brand they've got under like Marvel, Star Wars and cartoons, just have like a a character, you know, character based watch faces and just see see things like that and maybe even professional watch watch companies releasing their own watch faces based on their own designs mm. um yeah. the way i thought it would work because i got the same thing is just like they do on stickers at the moment yeah if if you want if you want a few stickers you can pay 99p one pound 99 seems to be the going price and you know depending how magical the what the you know how 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 precious the watch face is like how rare it is like like Hermes, for example, they might want to charge stupid amounts like a fiver or something. But, I mean, it's only a digital representation. Yeah. But rather than what Android does, where you can just you can basically put whatever you want on, this way Apple would still be able to control um, design ethics, like so, so how much power it can draw and stuff like this. Like mm. if it's pure white, then obviously it's got to drain a lot of battery every time it lights up. But, uh, yeah, I just thought that it would be a, a better way for them to control, you know, access to that feature. Uh, and you could, if you want to go and get a £99 developer or $99 developer contract just to do watch faces, well, you know, more, more power to you. Hmm. Yeah, and also I think there's, um, at the moment, we've just got two different types of watch faces, digital or analog. Uh, there's lots of different innovative ways to tell the time apart from them two kind of hmm. methods. Um, probably not practical, but, you know, ones that look fancy well, and whatever the users want you know some people like that kind of thing like having a binary watch face or i don't know yeah, yeah I don't but know. If, or if if they opened up watch watch kit, watch time kit or something then just you know it just has to tell the time at somehow and that's it how it displays it is up to up to the developer <laughs> I, I, I would like to see that i mean everybody else does it i don't understand why apple doesn't at the moment because they still have control they still reject stuff it would really uh, annoy Apple if people started submitting things like Casio watch faces and things like that. <laughs> Classic seventies watches. <laughs> so, was that your only one, Dean? Because I got I got my other ones here. Yeah, that's all I've got for watchOS. Okay, so I got a dedicated podcast app because uh, Overcast has done it so well. I'd like to see what Apple can do with it, it with their version of it. Um, more apps in the dock because at the moment I think it's limited to ten. I'd like to yeah. see more in there. Uh, a news app 
So dedicated news app, just like the BBC kind of thing, where you can specify what of your channels you follow on news to go to your watch, so you can get the highlight, you can get the information as soon as it appears ah. on their feed. See, see, I thought yeah. about this stuff. You know, um, as I say, as you said, updated health app gives you more information, more tracking things. I don't know, I don't know what it could possibly still do in its current form just software based mm. but the only one i can think of obviously is sleep tracking because there's loads of apps out there already do sleep tracking and the battery lasts so well and if they can do updates with the battery as you want uh alan mm-hmm. then there's no reason why you can't do sleep tracking because normally it doesn't wear out so far so much that a quick shower uh, uh, if i leave it on charge while i'm showering it, it's ready to go to, as soon as yeah. i come out and they have acquired so that's, some that's um, watch app, really. experts haven't they they bought a couple of companies and they yeah. hired some experts in sleep tracking. So, yeah, that's obviously an area of interest. I, I could be a sleep expert for them. I could, <laughs> like, go kip here. Yeah. yeah, I slept there. I slept all day. Did nothing else but slept. Pay me. It'd be good. <laughs> oh, well, let's move on to TVOS one, shall we? So I'll, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first this time. Give me 4K. <laughs> <laughs> 4K and HDR. HDR content. At least... Give. I'm not sure if it's if the current box has the ability to do 4K. I, 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 it's enough processing power in there. Surely it must be. Maybe the port on the back might need to change. Yeah. But uh, at least sort of give us the hint that you're going to do 4K in the future. 4K is becoming more and more affordable to the average person. When they buy a new set now, chances are it's going to be, for the main room anyway, it's going to be a 4K set. Because they they came down there in price. It's quite shocking what you can get for a couple hundred quid now. Mm. Um, and, and like four, not just four K, but HDR four K as well. So the high dynamic range colours as well, because they do look fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and that'll be that'll be the one thing in particular I'd love for TV OS. Like I say, I'm not sure if they can do it through software, but that's I doubt I'm they could really, because I'm pretty sure that HDMI yeah. port doesn't support four. 4k yeah at the moment so that'll be that'll be the problem. but at least hint it maybe saying 4k coming to itunes yeah you know, yeah because they do netflix has got 4k uh the other you know the other thing i want obviously is the amazon video prime <laughs> yeah app yeah do you think they'll, they'll do some sort of joint um presentation about that at wwdc or is it uh not appropriate i'm hoping i can touch wood now i've got a table made of wood so i can touch wood. <laughs> <laughs> uh alan what what, what did you come up with for tvos well i got got a couple of uh improved bits of functionality which i can talk about in in a minute but i think the biggest thing i want to see out of a tvos uh, update is uh some improved stability and responsiveness because i don't know about you but every time i twitch over my tv to the the input for for apple tv um and i try to grab the remote and make it respond it seems to be just unresponsive for about 30 seconds, maybe 45 seconds sometimes, as if it's sort of, I don't know, silently rebooting underneath or something like that. And then because I've tapped left, left, right, right, up, 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 down a few times and got nothing, when it eventually comes back alive, it just jumps all over the place. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not IR. It's not IR. That's the problem. It's using network connectivity. Ah. So the first tap brings it to life again. Yeah. So I think it's just like waking up from some sort of deep sleep yeah. and it's not ready to listen to you for a while. Well, they've got to sort that out. Because, I mean, one thing about TV technology all along is that everything needs to be kind of instant, doesn't it? Yeah. People have got no patience with with slow, jittery or any sort of latency involved with TV. So they've got to sort that one out. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see that. The other thing, I th- uh, which I think is about time they did, because even my 
things like my Humax um, digital recorder box can do this. Um, picture in picture. Um, oh, yeah. Not just, I'm not really talking about, you know, side-by-side apps or, you know, two apps at once or two video streams at once and um, maybe four at once, who knows. But I'm thinking mainly about when I go back to the menu. So if I'm watching something and I want to go back to the menu, why why does the video have to stop? Why can't there be an option when it can just shrink down to quarter size or something and stay in the corner and keep playing? Why not? Everything else does that. True. This is very true. It's one of those weird things. It's a strange omission. It, yeah, it's like all or nothing, isn't it? Once yeah. you come out saying, that's it, it's gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they did that's have picture-in-picture, uh, picture um, but only in, in their dedicated apps for Major League Baseball, I think, or the sports sports. Yeah. Apps. Yeah. So, yeah. It's nice it's to see it system-wide. Yeah, it would. You got anything, uh, Dean? Um, I did have until you two went first. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I had 4K, that's the top of my list. Um, so I can stop using the smart TV apps for Netflix and Amazon. Yeah. And also, yeah, having Am- Amazon support. Um, and also having Siri support. Just, oh, it's mine of mine as well. For example, um, just from my phone, I can just say, hey, phone, play this on my TV. And it will tell the TV, hey, play this and um start playing it and which is, ex- which yeah. is exactly how google home and chromecast work together and that's yeah. why i want it because i i found my old original chromecast in in the drawer and i, I hooked it up thinking this won't work with my new google home <laughs> it bloody does <laughs> it's perfect i can say hey i can say the trigger word show me uh the wonder woman trailer and it switches the channel to the right hdmi input and it plays the channel from youtube it plays the advert from youtube Hmm. And I thought, that's magical. Why can't... <laughs> I mean, you know, Siri and, and all the stuff I buy from Apple is all meant to be linked together. And it's not just... It's not just... It, it, I, could, I should be able to say it into my watch and stuff like this because it should know it's got to play the video on the telly. Or you can just say play it on the TV. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice if it gets more like continuity features like that. Um, yeah, it's never had that. It's never had handoff or continuity, has it? Hmm. No, no, so that's... Uh, to be fair, it's a fairly new OS compared to Mac and iOS. True. So it's kind of coming into its own at the moment, so time will come. Um, apart from that, I've said 4K, Amazon. I'd love the Amazon app on there. Hopefully they can work that out. And <laughs> just a little quality of life feature, just when watching TV shows on iTunes. I'm used to Amazon and Netflix just automatically playing the next one and skipping out the credits at the beginning and end. It would just be nice to have that feature in there as well. Hmm. Um, but that's about it. I got one other, unless multiple iCloud accounts, so you yeah, can sign in. I, that as well. I, I mean, it's it. not that big a deal, really, because I got family sharing on, so it kind of works. But you know, I, yeah. I still like to be able to. If I'm up to a certain place watching the latest Marvel extravaganza, you know, I, someone else in the house starts watching it, I want it to remember where I'm up to. <laughs> yeah, I think that. I think this is a, a good bet that this is going to be done because I think they they must be looking at multi-user support across all the iOS type devices, especially the new speaker. If if and when it arrives, that's clearly got to support multiple users. Otherwise, it'd be useless, wouldn't it? If you asked it like, "What's on my calendar for the rest of the day?" and there's four of you in, in the house, well, you know, what's it going to say? It's got to know about multiple users. So, if if they've cracked that for iOS, well, why not put it on the TV as well? Yeah, true. I mean. I- I mean, TV OS didn't get much last time. I mean, it got a dark, it got a dark mode, mm. which is I do use most of the time. And they've obviously got that TV app 
in in yeah. America. I guess they could expand that to other countries. The best thing it got, you know, in that last update was that improved scrolling for long lists. That's great, <laughs> you know, because if you, on, even on the Siri remote now, if you scroll on the right edge, up and down on the right edge, it jumps really, really quickly. Like it goes through the alphabet from A's to B's to C's in in one jump. Whereas if you scroll in the middle of the uh, the little pad, it just goes one by one, line by line again. So it's really, really nice that is. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Siri always on as well, maybe. So you can say, just shout out TV pause. <laughs> I'm very into his voice and automation now. I've got to say, now I've, <laughs> now I've been spoiled by it a little bit. I want it on everything. You just want to be the boss of your house, don't you? I, do, I, do, I want to tell things to do stuff and then not get answered back. Be like, or, or told to sod off. <laughs> It would be nice. It's living the dream. Well, okay, so that's TVOS. I think. Anyone else got anything to add to that? I don't think so. I don't know right, whether, this is, whether this is a TVOS or, or a Mac OS, but there's something wrong with the Wake On LAN stuff with Apple devices at the moment. Because quite often I go to TVOS, I go to my own library, and I try to play something, and it'll just say, um, well, it'll say things like, um, set up home sharing on your Mac. It is set up. It's just, oh, it's just that it's asleep, you know, wake it up, please. And it's supposed to be absolutely standard behaviour, that, and it, for some reason it hasn't worked in the past couple of releases. So they've got fixed little bugs yeah, like that. It's, it's never instant, though, is it, wake on LAN? I always find. It's, it always takes a while to, like, go, yeah. oh, oh, I'm wanted. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, you caught me on the toilet. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Right. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's good. I mean, mine's always on, so I don't have that problem. Yeah. Thank God. Okay, so let's move on to one which I think we're going to struggle on, apart from one thing in my, my case, macOS. <laughs> now, macOS, I mean, that, what is this, iteration 13? Is this 10.13? Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, they've just refined it and refined it and refined it again and again and again. I, I, I can't even begin to imagine they could come up with new stuff for this. And the only one I can come up with is better, better Siri. Because still, you cannot do HomeKit from the Mac. It just doesn't. In fact, I'll try it. I'll try it now, right, just to see. Turn on my bedroom lights. Sorry, I can't help you with HomeKit here. See? (laughs) (laughs) So that needs to be addressed. Yeah. They've got to expand the the, the whole, um, the number of domains that Siri can support and make it uh, the same on macOS and iOS, haven't they? That's that's absolutely certain. Mm. And I think yeah, Siri, Siri will be big news at this WWDC, so I think that's a dead cert that that's going to happen. Well, that's, so that's, that was one. The other one I wanted was a, I've come to rely on it on all my iOS device, uh, devices. I want a news app hmm. on the Mac. I want just oh, an yeah. application to pull in all the news just like it does on the iPad and, and the iPhone because I really do enjoy getting my news from the news app. I, 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 I was really surprised how much I like it. I don't so much use Reader any, anymore now, or, you know, I used to be a big user of Google Google News, but we all know what happened to that. But, uh, yeah, but no, because I, 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 I find it good for those serendip- serendipious, serendipious. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Serendipitous. <laughs> Moments of finding news stories as well. And it kind of learns what you want, and you can train it to what you do and what you don't want to see. That's kind of dangerous in this modern day society, I've got to say. Well, you only get one side of the story. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think the Mac is missing this, this, this service now. Yeah, I think that's a good shout. I, think, I hadn't thought of that, but it's definitely uh, omitted and no reason why it should be. So I think you're right, and they might plug that. Fingers crossed. Mm. I'll tell you what, if you're unlucky, it'll become a news tab in iTunes. 
No, no. <laughs> I get more bloat for iTunes. Because that was one of the things I was thinking about. Is is this the time for them to to now split up iTunes into separate media apps like um, like they do on iOS? So you know, a separate music app, a, a movie app, a, a, and, and so on, a TV app. It could it could be. But I was thinking that um, this, this is a sort of controversial su- suggestion. But I wonder if this is the year that they'll take advantage of changing the name of Mac OS so it becomes Mac OS 11 to align with iOS 11. Because 10.13 oh. is a bit ridiculous, isn't it, now? It's starting to look very clumsy. And the, <laughs> and the 10 was always there because of, you know, the, the Roman numeral X when it was Mac OS X, wasn't it, or 10? Yeah. So 10.13 versus a new sexy name of Mac OS 11. I, th- I think that's... I think that is a good outside chance because they changed the the naming last year and that you think they think in advance don't they so that that's part of their long-term naming uh, structure i think mac os sierra now it's mac os whatever the new name will be but it'll be mac os 11 and that would be a good a good thing to to make major changes to the to the apps like you know a separate movie app a separate tv app etc breaking up of itunes that could be like a, the big headline feature of a of a, a mac os which is otherwise quite stable as you say hmm yeah, it'd be, it'd be inter- I mean, I, I, I got to just imagine that's a headache. Breaking all that apart mm. is just such a gargantuan task. Plus, I mean, the, the main reason they that's cited often that it is all still together is because of the need for Windows support. Because, you know, they're not oh, going to yeah. develop all these separate apps on Windows. But then again, why not, why not support iTunes still on Windows, but on the Mac, would you get a much more elegant experience? That's why hmm. another reason to buy a Mac. Oh, they've already come out and said they're going to put it in the in the Windows S Store, iTunes. Yeah, so yeah. They're they're definitely not running away from it anytime soon. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they could do. I, I I don't know. It's just one of those. I just I know because everybody says it. Everybody says they need to break out iTunes. It's a horrible thing. It doesn't work properly. Personally, as I've said before, I've never had an issue with iTunes. I don't understand what everybody's upset about most of the time. But uh, yeah, I mean, you just think about how much revenue goes through that. Because, you know, we all know every time they have one of their quarterly earnings calls, that services and iTunes and movies and music and books and God mm. knows what else they sell through that now. That just keeps going up and up and up and up and up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so if they ever flick that switch and go from this 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 blob of code, which de- deals with all it, to separate things, oh, it'd just be a headache waiting to happen, I bet you. <laughs> Mind you, not it's probably not a headache now to support it. Yeah, I expect underneath it's all um, it's all separate anyway. Underneath it's just all uh, unified in this kind of quite complex user interface that is iTunes. Mm. Um, it's, a lot, it's a lot of um, bad feeling about iTunes, so it's almost like a, taint, a tainted brand, isn't it? From that point of view, so they'd get a lot of goodwill if they did split it apart. Well, like you, I, I don't really have a problem with it. I can use iTunes; it's, it's it's never been a real issue. But I think they they like to align the Mac and the iOS devices, so. I think they'd like to have a similar suite of apps. It's named named the same on both platforms. Thing is, Alan, as soon as they do split, split it, they're going to get a load of hate from people who like the old method. <laughs> yeah, this is new. This is scary. We don't understand what's going on. Where's my media? <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those things. Damn, do and it's not just Apple. A lot of these software companies face similar things where people get used to how things work. I mean, this is why Windows 8 was such a headache for Microsoft. Mm, yeah. Because it yeah. totally changed everything. So yeah. they've got to be, you know, back in the day when Apple was a small company, they could they could do these things. They could, like, might fake, uh, Facebook, like, break things and move on, develop quickly and move on. Once you get to a certain size, you can't do that anymore because, mm, okay, yes, 
techies like us can adapt and, and usually get used to it, although we seem to be the bloody loudest when things don't go our way, it seems to me. But the poor old like, soul on the street, it's scary. It's new. It's, it's different. It's like, oh, my God, where's my stuff? Yeah. So they, they've got to be more aware of that as they get larger and larger, I feel. Yeah. Like Ford. If Ford suddenly decided to, <laughs> right, we're going to bring out a car, but we're not going to have a steering wheel because that's, that's old. We're going to put this weird stick thing in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they can win with iTunes now. Ne- there's always going to be a section that's going to be unhappy with whatever they do because they're just too big. It's too big a service. But anyway, it's be interesting to see if they do have the guts because they used to. You know, Apple would say, oh, sod everybody else. We've got to change it because we want to change it. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if they ever do. I think the biggest thing to break away from iTunes is just the sync. Just syncing iPods, syncing iPhones, syncing yeah. iPads yeah. and all the other devices. Um, that's going to be the biggest thing to break away. And then after that, you've just got a generic media player app. You know, you've just got movies, TVs and music and a store. But um, yeah. it, 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 it's hard to work out how... If if I was in charge of splitting it, for example, what's the best way to split it into three or four separate apps? And is that yeah. is there any benefit in doing that? Mm. Delegate it would be the best way, I think. <laughs> Just walk away. I'm done. I think the big benefit Apple would see themselves is is the uh, consistency between the two the two platforms. So that anyone that's familiar with an iPad, when they when they put their toe in the water and buy a Mac, everything is seems to be just the same. Yeah, you've just mm. got your music app and yeah got your movie, uh, videos app yeah i can see that true true it could, it could do it could run them you know alongside each other for a few years get everyone used to it and then cut off yeah itunes at some point who knows who knows i don't think they're going to do it though <laughs> i've got to be honest <laughs> i don't think it's something they're going to rush into lightly no it's an outside like chance i think uh, uh, i think uh, i think um there's been strong rumors that we're going to see multi-person uh, facetime isn't there that's a uh, been a, quite a strong rumor We'll probably get oh, yeah. that on yeah. in Mac OS. That'd be good. And iOS, obviously. That'd be good. About time. Yeah. <laughs> yours does it. <laughs> Wasn't it when it was introduced, uh, Steve said this would be everywhere, and then that lawsuit got in the way. And they yeah, he up, said it would be open source, didn't he? And the, yeah. the development team gasped oh, well. in the crowd because this is the first they'd heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, well. Oh, well. Okay, so that's Mac OS. That's, I'm not expecting much from mac os but there's a few more things though on mac os i think just i was thinking um yeah all all the all the basic apps need improving don't they the mail the mail app isn't as good as some of the third-party apps although although it's reliable and it's built in and you get used to it it's got a few features missing that they could easily add i think so i'd like to see that updated um the other thing is isn't this the version of mac os that's going to use the apple file system Oh no! Don't say that. <laughs> I think it that is. just makes my no. That just makes my skin crawl. The fact that they're going to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's a hell of a challenge, isn't it? But I mean, what I was thinking was, yeah, you know, there'll be utilities obviously during the installation to update all your files, and maybe there'll be a utility on there for you to use to update your um, your separate hard disks that you've got that you plug in over USB and so on. Um, but what what other benefits? could they make available on a Mac that has now got APFS? And I'm sure there are going to be loads of them, but I was thinking the one that we would see um, most obviously would be better uh, time machine support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because time machine's still a bit clunky, isn't it, really, truth be told. Whenever you do need to dive back into a folder and go back a few generations and find a, a file that's gone missing, it's oh, so slow and uh, very, very limited. And I think because of the APFS has got all that sort of snapshotting type stuff, um, they could improve that interface 
uh, yeah, not the interface to, to get it working. That's just got to be still as simple as ever. Just say, do you want to use this disk as a backup? Yes, thanks. Done. But when you go hunting for stuff later or, what, or you want to restore to a previously known state, that I'm sure could be massively improved now given that, that, that they're going to be running APFS. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few more benefits of um, APFS as well. Is Like you mentioned, the time machine, it's got a snapshot feature built in to create a hopefully more reliable backup system. Mm. Um, encryption, stronger encryption as well. It's, um, it's got the, well, I ain't going to matter much longer in Britain. So it doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> no, probably. Well, I don't know. It might do. I mean, I'm flying to America and in America, they can ask for, I think for my social media passwords and then art and you know, mm. climb the entry if I don't give them apparently, I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, it's got this thing called multi key encryption where, um, basically encrypts every file. Basically, there's two parts of a file. There's the file and the metadata, you know, the name, the size, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They encrypt every file with a different key and also encrypt the metadata with a separate key as well. So if you basically crack the encryption on a single key encryption, you get access to the whole system. But for this, you need to encrypt, uh, decrypt the key for every single file oh. on the system. So that's a hell of a lot more work to, uh, you know, uncover everything actually no you got de- you got to decrypt two keys for every file because you got the file and then the metadata that goes with it hmm. um yes yeah, so that's just hope that's really cool I just, I just hope they put up a big warning we are not going to allow you to do this unless we know that you've backed up somewhere <laughs> yeah because it just fills me with dread i still don't even use their their syncing of the desktop and the you know the documents thing because i just don't trust it i yeah. don't know why I just, no i don't, I don't use that it. either uh, so, I, don't do pay, say- I don't pay for enough iCloud space to be able <laughs> no, to use it anyway. There's that as well. I said, I remember it, like reinstall- it, when it installed it, it said, do you want to turn this up? No! <laughs> yeah. No! To God, no! Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you for asking, but yeah. no. Um, um, one more thing about APFS. I'm wondering if it's going to give more, if it is introducing this version, if it's going to give more hard drive space back because it's yeah. got the yeah, cloning should- ability where um, if you copy a file, for example, it doesn't copy it. it doesn't copy it it just says no. just copies like a link to it mm-hmm. and then once you edit that file that's when it will create a, a unique copy because it's different from the original so yeah i wonder if how much background stuff in the os could just would be saved just by uh using this method yeah yeah and definitely as you move forward obviously from that point on anything you do if you work on a document all the time it's just keeping it's just keeping the fresher copy each time but at any point you can go back and say well, I want the instance of three weeks ago mm. as well, because it's keeping all the copies. It's just adding the, the extra metadata on, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. yeah. And Apple will stick a nice little interface on that when they have a time machine-like interface to make it easy to understand what you're doing. So, yeah, there's a good chance of that, I think. The other thing I was thinking was, the, the, in terms of the standard apps that you get, the Messages app, that got left behind, didn't it? When iOS oh, yes. Messages app went all nuclear and went massive and all the stickers and all that came, it didn't really happen on, the, on Mac. So uh, I reckon I'll catch, catch up there. Yeah, that's another point. Yeah. I totally forgot about that one. <laughs> and so I think you mentioned a few weeks ago, which I've been thinking about since. I was about quite cynical at, at first, but I think it would be good. You know, um, there's talk of having a, a version of Siri that would accept typed text input uh-huh. rather than rather than just voice input and integrating that with the messages app so if you're in a conversation with somebody um as an aside you can you can type in a question to siri and it would type the answer back to you in the message stream and so on that i think that yeah. that could be good yeah because that's that's like similar to what google um got the name what google system is intelligent messenger or so 
Yeah, that was the story I, was th- I think we talked about a few weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of these things other companies are doing their own version of, and we just basically want Apple to catch up a bit yeah. On, yeah. On, on certain areas. And it's not all from one company. It's like a bit here, a bit here, because, you know, as these companies, I mean, other companies catch up with Apple, and then Apple catches up with them, and it's, you know, tit for tat kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, we, we do feel, because we're the last to go <laughs> in these announcements, because everybody gets in first, it does feel like we're lagging behind at the moment, because we are, because we're still a week away from finding out what we're going to have. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, but we're, hopefully this will change next Monday. So let's move on to the big one. <laughs> iOS. Who wants to kick off what they want to see on the new iOS? So we mentioned for a few different things already, I think for the Apple TV, um, but I'm going to say picture in picture. Um, okay. Especially with a big phone. And I know quite a few apps, for example, YouTube do it. You can browse YouTube while watching a little video in the corner, which uh, works quite nice. You can just move it around. So it'd be nice to have that for, I don't know, FaceTime or for just general video watching. So I can watch a video in a corner and mm. uh, just browse the web or look at Twitter or, you know, multitask. That's um, supported on the iPad already, isn't it? But not presumably yeah, not yes, on the phone then. Yeah. Not system-wide, though. Yeah. Oh, no, isn't it? On the iPad, I think on the iPad uh, Pros and the iPad Air 2, I think, any any app that uses the normal standard OS uh, video oh, yeah, playback right. it can be shrunk down to a, a little mini player. That's it, because I accidentally trigger it when I'm watching Plex. Like, no, no, I want it to stop. <laughs> I don't want it to go small. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose phones are so massive now, aren't they? Then the bigger phones could massive. conceivably support this, yeah. That's it. Okay, well, I, that would go under my one as well, because I'm going to beat you to this, Alan, because I know you're probably <laughs> chomping at the bit for this one. <laughs> I want more iPad-specific features. <laughs> Top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what this basically means, as, as, as we lamented, uh, I think, at the end of last week's show, is if Apple are continuously saying that the iPad is the future of computing, then it needs to be able to do some more computer-related things. And, and, and things like Federico showed on his video, like drag and drop and, and, and moving files around and moving information around and, and how to compare two screens and, and working on you know, two applications at the same time because that's what most people do yeah. when they research and things like this. Um, and I'd, I'd, you know, it was, I think it was iOS 9 the last time Apple showed iPad specifically some love yeah and I, I just like them you know because there was reports that we was going to get it in 10.3 didn't happen uh and then we thought oh we might get it later and now here we are now we're here we are virtually on the eve of WWDC and we still had nothing mm. and it's meant to be it's called the iPad Pro it has to start it's got it's got so much power within this little tablet well big tablet depending what one you got it's it's it just seems locked and in, inhibited by what the phone can do at this point. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, the key to that is going to be, uh, like you say, a, a better split view, a better app picker for the split view, and also drag and drop between apps in in the split view. I think they're the they're the foundations that you know we want to see on the iPad. And yeah. The problem is with uh, with um, Vitici's video is that. I don't think Apple can really beat that. <laughs> Everything's no. going to be a disappointment having seen that. Although, video. did you see Readle? Yeah, what they yeah. did with their apps. I mean, that's uh, so apparently they're using like servers, built in servers on stuff behind the scenes, which is amazing in itself that that works. Yeah. Um, 
to allow you to drag from one of their applications to the other application. And that's the third-party software. Come on, Apple, you should be able to... That works great as well. I've got all of the the Readle apps. I think they're, they're a brilliant company. I think they, I think they they are one of the top developers for this platform. They really are better than the likes of Smile and all those others that get all the press and pay for all the advertising. Yeah. Readle are the real deal, I think. And I've got all those apps. And that drag and drop is brilliant. Like dragging from from the Documents app into an email as an attachment. It's fantastic. It just shows you how brilliant this can be if Apple make it system wide. It would be amazing. Dean, you've got any for us? Um. I did, but it's just completely gone. It's completely oh, I do gone. one of mine. I do one of mine. I've started using Apple Maps more and more recently, but there's still one thing that lets it down compared to Waze, and that is real-time traffic data. And I know Apple Maps gets their data from Waze. It just doesn't update as fast as the native app does. Huh? Now, we're all driving around. There's millions of phones out there, and I know they like their privacy, but there's got to be some. <laughs> If if I think if if they could create an issue, uh, uh, an application or an SDK or something API where if you agree to it, then you they're not tracking your you specifically, but just like Waves is watching what your device is, how fast it's going and where it's going, and then it will feed it back to some centralized server who can then start to share that information out with the rest of the the public around you. So if like if it sees there's fifty people in a traffic jam on the M25. Then the next 50 people, it says, okay, you want to come off at this junction and go around this, hmm. try and ease the traffic. And and it's just something like that. I mean, Waze does it now, and that's very, very good. And people don't, you know, like me, don't mind sharing our data with that. And that's Google, for God's sake. Hmm. But uh, it works spectacularly. I'm just wondering if there's a way that Apple can still keep its privacy concerns in check and still, uh, you know, give that service on top of Maps. Because Maps look beautiful. Hmm. You know, as you, as you drive around the town in london and certain other cities you get all 3d buildings come up (laughs) on your little screen and and it does look wonderful and it's getting me to the places now it it knows that it knows just as many routes as i do it's just the traffic that lets it down so do you use it in your van every day then i i use it when i know the traffic probably won't be that bad yes if i know if i'm going through an area where i think okay this is normally a traffic hotspot here I use Waze because that will tell me if it's building up a, like at the Dartford Tunnel mm. crossing, for example. And then I'll know to cut through the Blackwall Tunnel, which is well out of my way, but at least I don't have to sit in traffic. Yeah. So I would just like something. I, I mean, it's there. It, it, has, it has traffic reports, and it does tell you when it's building up. It just doesn't do it that fast. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's one of mine. I've got one, um, again, with the Mail app, because the Mail the mail app on iOS, the standard built-in Mail app, has always been a bit odd, hasn't it, really, mm-hmm. in that it, it doesn't even have, like, a standard system share sheet. You can't get to, like, you know, uh, you can't print as a PDF, you can't share emails to other apps or all that kind of stuff. You can, you know, you can do it in all awkward little trick ways, but it doesn't seem to be like every other standard app. I think they need to bring that up to um, up to standard, really. You can't reschedule either. No, that's true. Yeah, all those extra features that a lot of um, a lot of mail apps have these days to be able to defer an email to later, or um, yeah, all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's simple stuff, isn't it? Every other mail app developer is doing it, so why not Apple? Yeah, it's simple stuff. We say as non-developers, <laughs> no, as I love it when we by do the it. number of other development teams that have done it. So, yeah. <laughs> nuclear fission—that's easy. We've been doing that for years. Come on, anyone can do that. Going to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Dean, anything else? Yep. Um 
P2P payments. So peer-to-peer payments. Oh, well done, sir. Yes. That's um, something I can see taking off quite a lot, especially with um, the amount of people who's got their credit cards or debit cards linked to their phones. You can just easily ping money to someone quite easily. Um, it would add a whole new dimension to mugging. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would. You know, just chop someone's fingerprint off and nick their phone and you've got a bank account. But, um, got pinged. Yeah, no, it's quite handy because, um, for example, my saxophone teacher, I either have to bank transfer him, which means I need to log into my bank and type in his account number, sort of code and click things and whatever. Or he takes mobile payments with ping and I've never set it up and it's something like text messaging payments or something. I don't really mm, know. Yeah. Um, but if it's just spilt into Apple, I can just ping it to him and that would just be ideal. And On a related note, do you think they might... Uh add a new Siri domain to, to be able to talk to payment services. So you could say things like, you know, um, tell PayPal to pay Dean £10, that kind of thing. Well, you can now. I mean, it's got one in it, hasn't it? It's just the first service we don't use in this country. As far oh, as is that right? Ah, okay. Yeah, someone's, someone's uh, implemented it, or some company has. Ooh. Yeah. Just, I, I don't think PayPal and Apple are going to play nice to each other. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> they seem to be at ends, you know, currently. <laughs> as well because there's like feel they're stepping on their toes and if they get into personal payments then they definitely will be stepping on their toes yeah because it's, it's very easy to send you know you make paypal a, pay, a paypal payment if they're just sitting there. but yeah it's definitely something they could do and make a lot easier yeah uh, would be good okay my next all right okay my one here we go brace yourself for this since this ipad pro is so spectacular i want Final Cut Pro <laughs> <laughs> on the iPad Pro with Bluetooth mouse support. Ooh. Because I don't want to use my finger to do the fine little cuts needed to do Final Cut Pro cuts and edits and, and whatnot. I want to be able to use a mouse. <sighs> I, so, I know. Con- that's the controversial bit. I know. I know. So I can use my little smart keyboard here, but just with a Bluetooth mouth mouse it can be the smart mouse i don't care apple can implement their own mouse for it i'm not that bothered i'm sure someone will be able to hack that but (laughs) but just to be able to edit stuff maybe from images it's either got you can store them locally because it's got enough memory in this thing unless you've got got one of the smaller versions but the other thing to combat the memory or the lack of space is more flipping free iCloud space (laughs) yeah (laughs) here here (laughs) Five gig is not enough total. It should be five gig minimum per device. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see all, all the other tiers increased as well because I've, I've now I now pay the seventy nine pence a month. I think I think it is for fifty gigs, yeah. and that's still not enough to be able to use um, iCloud uh, photo sharing. I can't put my photo library up there because it's bigger than that. So I, I want I could pay more, couldn't I? But I, I don't want to pay more. Why, why can't I get more space for my seventy nine pence? I mean, yeah, you got Google with the Pixel offering. Closely yeah. uncompressed storage. Granted, it's only for the Pixel at the moment. Yeah. But come on, we are paying premium prices for these things. Yeah. They, they really need to sort out that free tier, like you say, because all across the world, hundreds of thousands of people are getting irritated by their iOS device saying, oh, it's been 300 days since this, this was backed up because you haven't got enough iCloud <laughs> space. You know, or, or, or not even understanding what it means when it yeah. says you're out of memory or you're out of space, I mean. Sorry. Exactly, yeah. <clears throat> It's um, it's about yeah. It should really do something because that's one of the error messages that people get a lot, and they think, well, what the hell does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Right. So, Final Cut Pro with mouse <laughs> support. That was my. I don't think it's going to happen, 
<laughs> a snowball's chance in hell, maybe. But <laughs> Well, I, I had a similar one on my list, but I wasn't so specific. So I just had um, um, a, a major pro app announced on iPad Pro. I don't know whether that's an Apple Pro app or a third-party one, but I think I think either way, it could it's be a list. It could be Final Cut Pro or it could be um, Logic, but equally well, it could be um, you know Photoshop or something like that. That would be good. We bring people on stage and say like we've we ported a, a fully functional version mm. across to the iPad platform. That would be massive news because that would really help with the Microsoft Surface. The fact that they say you can run professional apps on the Surface and yeah. Yeah, just like any other Windows PC. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it would you know it would be a massive win for if if Apple turned around and say, well, you can do that on iPad now as well. Yeah. But, uh, it's it is concerning that you can't do some of these things again. It, it, I know it's with focusing a lot of our stuff on the Pro, mm. um, because it, it 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 does it does start to feel that it's being neglect not neglected because they're pushing it every time Tim Cook says he pushes it, but then you think. But don't just say these things. Do them. Do show us. Yeah. Physically show us that you want to support this thing, that you're willing to support. You put all that time and energy into developing this this monster of a tablet, mm-hmm. and then you've just let it sort of nothing, go flat. Nothing yeah. takes advantage of it. No, yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's just I can play. I I can play the free i <laughs> iTunes game. <laughs> but, so what? Uh, and, you know, I, I'd love it if this was my. If I, if, you know, for me being a podcaster, if they if they get that web OS up to date and I can use the the audio streaming thing with, mm-hmm. that Google's got, and you could use that on the pad, that's that's a lot of the worries gone away. Yeah, for me, uh, you know, and I can imagine other people out there, photographers, if they can do all their photograph, you know, proper photo editing on the iPad Pro without having to take you know a laptop along with them. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, at, le- at least start on the editing. At least give us a professional application for that. Yeah. And you know, same with movies. If they can, if they can start to, you know, maybe not fine tune it, or, or maybe they can fine tune it afterwards. Or, but it's, it's, they can start to assemble their project while they're coming back from the, you know, to shoot on the train or on the bus or, or, or you know, in, in their Uber, whatever. But uh, I just feel this. There should be something you could do. <laughs> yeah. The, the other uh, pro app we, we talked about this last week, actually, that, uh, or a couple of weeks ago, a, a pro app that might make its way onto iPad Pro is something a bit like um, Xcode, but you know, not not the full Xcode, but some app that lets you develop a, a full uh, iOS app on an iOS app itself for the first time. I think that could be big news at a developer conference as well. Well, it'd be Swift, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be, it'd a be Swift? Swift only? Yeah, but instead of it just being a playground, like an educational type app, to it would be a production app that would let you work on your app while you're sitting on an iPad Pro. Um, you know, certainly, certainly edit your code and test your code and all that sort of stuff. But maybe even properly, fully build the app and be able to even submit it straight to to review from just mm. purely on iOS. Yeah, that'd be a game changer as well it could be like uh, it might be years of work ahead to get to that stage but you never know true. You? you never know you never know i mean what they've been working on for two years we got <laughs> yeah. at some point. Uh, anyone know, else got anything campus. else for anything else for ios before we move on for ios um one thing i'd like to see that will has no chance of happening is <laughs> a return of um, apple's poker game on the app store <laughs> what <laughs> They're, I don't even know what that is. They had a poker game. It, it launched alongside the App Store, and they kept on there for a couple of years. And it was a premium app. It was like £3, £5. And it was just a really good game. And um, oh, right. 
I just wish they'd just bring back good paid games without all this freemium junk. <laughs> and, oh, yes. Can't transfer that. Um, but no, a more serious answer is um, extension points. When is extension points within the OS? For example, um, content blockers, thread blockers, or the keyboard keyboard extensions? Hmm. Yeah, this, this one's very personal to me. So. Yeah, I was going to say. There's no biases here. Um, yeah, so for example, if you don't have a content blocker app installed or if you don't have a third-party keyboard installed, the option to enable them won't show up in the settings app, which is mm. yeah. Ideally, it should. I would like it to show in the settings app and then people go and go, oh, what's that? Click on it. It was like, oh, you haven't got an app installed. Here's a top 10 or click here to go to the part of the app store that they're all contained in. Um, so that's kind of like how it does health at the moment. If you go into the various yeah. parts of the health app, it will say, and here are the applications that use this feature. Yeah, or um, or like I, I, the iMessage extensions. Mm. For example, it, if you don't have any apps installed, it, it just has a store button, so you go straight to the store and see the relevant apps that can be used with iMessages. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd like that just to kind of promote them kind of functionality, that kind of functionality, and any other extension points that they use, just because um, I think they're a little bit hidden. If people don't know that they're there, uh, you know, just helps with discoverability a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. <clears throat> Okie dokie. Right. That's all that's done on iOS. Yeah. I've got nothing else to add. Any of them. Right. Last one. Last section, because we're running a bit long here. <laughs> Hardware. So I've got four, three things, three things I want to see, and then you guys can give me things you want to see. So firstly, I want a bloody Siri home speaker. <laughs> <laughs> and I never knew I wanted one until I got the, the Echo, because I, I didn't even see this field out there needing to exist. But as soon as the Echo came along, <clears throat> that it's it's positive positive all the positive aspects of it are if you're in the apple ecosphere get mo- multiplied exponentially you know because it's just perfect they've got every single area covered they've got siri they've got music they've got various services they can use they can hook in they can do search things if you know maybe microsoft and bing probably more than google knowing knowing apple they've got everything they've got home kit it's all there waiting waiting to be used and they just need this centralized hub to to knit it all together and like i said before the echo came out i I didn't even see this was even registered anywhere on my psyche but once you saw it in Hmm. in demonstrated in the echo and then later on the google home it's just so obvious and you know jeff bezos just deserves so much praise for coming up with the echo because it seemed like nonsense at the time but just to see how it's developed and its functionality now is is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing, 4K Apple TVs, which we mm. talked about earlier on. And the other one, this again, personal for me, new bloody IMAX. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's been, how long has it been? It has been 596 days since the last IMAX refresh. I'm looking on here. So come on, they must be due soon. Well, my theory on this was that... that- Apple's Pro strategy was to was to go forward with an iMac Pro, I think. Yeah, and it was only after the, all the criticism they got for the for the MacBook Pro and its Touch Bar and all that that they realised this this isn't going to wash. If we tell <laughs> professional developers that the way forward for them now is with an iMac Pro, we're going to get absolutely crucified. So, hence they did that briefing a couple of weeks back or a couple of months back, where they told everybody they were going to start work on a brand new Mac Pro. It should take about two years, and in the meantime, they'd lower the price on the old Mac Pros. I think all that was because they realised their strategy of going with an iMac Pro was was just not going to run with the market 
So uh, they've definitely got an iMac Pro on the books, haven't they? It's just whether or not it's ready for this this uh, conference because there have been no rumours about it, have there? You'd think there would be supply no. chain rumours. No, there's nothing. It, there was a, a little while ago, there was some flurry of news and it's all gone away again. There's more There's more rumours about a new an updated MacBook Pro at the moment. Yeah. Um, and that's only 216 <coughs> days old. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not fair. Well, you know, just before just before we started this call, about an hour before, one of the news uh, feeds popped up a story about some um, some is it some Russian site where, or some Eurasian site where they've they've just registered five new um, Apple devices, mm. which yeah. look to be um, new MacBook Pros, or they look they look like they're MacBook type um, codes, so, which would back up all of those rumours. But one of one of the uh, codes looked like it was for a new Magic Keyboard. So it, the, the only reason for a new Magic Keyboard, surely, would be is if it had the touch bar embedded in itself. But I was thinking yeah. that why, why, release a, why release a Magic Keyboard with touch bar now when, um, you know, who's, who's going to buy it? Uh, but if it came as, as a standard with an iMac Pro and then as a separate unit, well, yeah, that's a different story. I think it's a better story. So since I saw this rumour of a new, a new Magic Keyboard, I'm thinking maybe, maybe the iMac Pro might be announced with a magic keyboard fingers crossed how how long do you think it's been as of today on the 31st of of, of may since the mac mini was updated <laughs> three years oh, don't give me that give me in days <laughs> 800 days 958 days oh, october oh 2014 was the last time it was updated dear god anyway so that's that's my three uh alan i can guess what yours is going to be well yeah i i think I think on the Siri home speaker that you mentioned, I I've now started to think that they'll they'll pre-announce it at WWDC, but it won't oh, be yeah. available. Yeah, yeah, It'll be pre-announced, and they'll, they'll be telling the developers, yeah, you know, here's how you how you get on board with it by developing new domains, new skills for it, and all that sort of stuff. So I don't think we'll see it to buy, but I think there's a good chance it'll be talked about at length. Uh, but the big one I think will be available. I think soon after the session will be the the new 10.5 inch iPad Pro. And it'll also, I think, come alongside a new version of the 12.9 as well. I don't know whether that'll be physically the same as the current 12.9 or whether they'll, they'll take advantage of the same reduced bezels and all that. So it might still have a 12.9-inch screen, but in a physically smaller um, package, which would be welcome as well, I think, because those things, the main criticism people have of them is that they're just too big physically. Mm. So I think that that's absolutely certain those two are going to be available, and I'll be I'll be lining up to get one <laughs> along with it. Take my money! <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that we might hear about a new Apple Pencil as well, Apple Pencil 2, along to yeah. go with them, with you know, more res- resolution, more precision, perhaps uh, a built-in eraser Razor. or a built-in second function of some sort. Pretty sure that that would be released along with the with the new MacBook Pros. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just want to get, get Dean's opinion on this because I, I I thought new MacBook Pros so soon after the updates w- wouldn't be likely because I thought it would wind up developers to to be told that thing you've just spent two and a half thousand pound on or three thousand pounds on that you weren't very happy with anyway. We've now done a better one. I thought that might be a quite a hostile audience to that, but then I saw a counter argument that said developers would like to see that Apple are going to regularly update these machines with speed bumps if indeed they follow the pattern into the future. So what would be your view on that, Dean? Um, well, I famously bought one and then sent it back because yeah. it didn't. It was thinner and lighter, which is great, but it didn't offer any more power significantly than my 2015 MacBook had, which is the top-spec MacBook. Um, 
2015, late 2015. Um, it was thinner, lighter, and a bit quieter with the fans. The fans didn't chime up every so often. Mm. So um, the only thing that would have made me keep it is if it was like significantly better on, on the performance side. If mm. it, um, so I'm assuming they're just adding new chipsets, which allows them to add more RAM as a result. Um, RAM isn't yeah. something that I'm bothered about. 16 gigs is enough for me, but I know for some people that 32 would, you know, would be very helpful. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I think, I, I think you'd probably be quite, a, you'd probably be in the target audience for something like this then, wouldn't you? Cause you, you tried the old one. It wasn't good enough for the price, but this one might be good enough for the price. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think if they, and it's a good sign that shows that they are keeping up to date with, with, um, uh, newer hardware. Hmm. Cause that's the big problem with these machines that haven't had an update in so long. We're not looking for hardware updates, like, you know, physical device updates we're just looking for component updates just like uh, the newer intel chips or yeah more or faster ram or um yeah just keep up to date with the times yeah. especially when they're not lowering in price but they're you know they're three years old for example in yeah. in the mac mini's case but they've still got the you know three old components at the same price of as what it was mm. yes. yes oh well it's, it's difficult to see what they're up to at the moment that's part of problem like i said before their roadmap used to be very obvious it's just in the last year or two it's got a bit muddied and all over the place <laughs> yeah a bit rocky so it'll be good to see if we can get some bearing from this next wwdc on what they're planning for the future i don't know how much they'll tell us because they know they never tell us anything of their roadmap but it'll be interesting to see what they say mm. but uh, dean anything you're looking for hardware wise um, come monday i think you've pretty much covered it the only th- thing i would suggest is a sneak peek a sneak peek at the next mac pro mm-hmm. maybe okay. um that was you know last time i did that with the, the trash can mac you know uh, six months That's it. before can't they uh, my released it yeah can't innovate <laughs> my ass and then they stopped innovating on it and <laughs> just left it, <laughs> left it to st- stagnate um so i'm liking uh, yeah so I'd, I'd like to see something a throwback to that um announcement which i doubt they will because they only announced it about a month ago and yeah they probably would have just waited a month and announced it at WWDC if they had something well, good, to go for it. It'll be good. If, it'll be good if they acknowledged it in some way to the people in that room because they are developers. That's the whole point of them being there, apart from all the press that gets invited. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean that's their target audience. So it would be nice if they say something to them directly rather than just five like reporters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a bit of an odd way of announcing it, just bringing bringing a few press into a room and telling them hey, yeah. we're going to make Mac Pros. Don't know when. Don't know what Spread the word. Yeah, go, go tell everyone. Don't worry. <clears throat> that's it. Well, then, well, I think that's pretty much it for his show uh, this week. So, like I say, Monday, looking forward to it. We'll be, com- we'll be back on Wednesday with our thoughts or whatever's announced. My one overriding hope, though, is unlike recent keynotes, everything is announced and is available outside America <laughs> and somewhere in the near future would be good. So, you know, hopefully... They bucked a trend when it comes to that. Yes. So that's pretty, that's pretty much it this week. No, no uh, reviews this week, but we're running over, so I won't, I won't, I won't play Matt's theme for you this week. You've, you've escaped. That's all I can say. Uh, obviously, as always, if you want to support us, can head over to iTunes and give us a review. We'd love to hear from you, or you can support us over on Patreon as well if you so wish. Uh, all the, all the support we get over there is greatly appreciated. And I think that's pretty much it this week. So, in summing up. Gentlemen, where can we get hold of each and every one of you? Dean? Yep, I'm on Twitter, at CraftyDino. Good stuff. And your app? My app, yes, Crystal. You can find that on the App Store. Search for Crystal Ad Blocker, and it will probably come up. Good stuff. Uh, links also in the show description. Uh, Alan, where can we get hold of you, sir? 
Well, yeah, mainly on Twitter, where I'm Storm Gorelli. Uh, also, Google Plus as Storm Gorelli. Good stuff. My name's Carl Madden. You get hold of me on Twitter at Claw0101. You get hold of the Mac and Forth show on Twitter at Mac and Forth. You can almost also email us, if you so wish, Mac and Forth at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and G Plus as well. So that's pretty much it. So we, we stand by excitedly to whatever Tim Cook announces on Monday, and then we'll be back to discuss it. So until next time, stay safe and be nice to each other. Bye. Bye. Bye.